Good morning, Jacksonville. I'm John Engel. Rich Jones will be back with us next week. Now, Congress is off for the August recess. Joining me now is Northeast Florida's freshman congressman, John Rutherford. Congressman, thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes to chat with us. Probably not fair to call this a vacation for you. I know a lot of people are trying to tap on your shoulder and get your ear the next couple of weeks. Um, I know a big emphasis for you so far on Capitol Hill has been Homeland Security and taking care of vets. And when it comes to veterans, it seems like something that we finally seem to have bipartisanship agreement in Capitol Hill, something you found early. usually takes a representative some time to get that. Well, thank you, John. It's great being with you. And, and yeah, I tell you, we've, we've had some really good success in helping our uh, veterans. And, uh, you know, particularly with the Accountability First Act uh, that, that, we're, that we were able to pass out of the House, uh, we're going to be able to ensure that, that these men and women who have, who have really gone into the breach for this country uh, to keep us safe, that when they come back, that they, that they get the education that they deserve, and they get the health care that they deserve in a, in a fast and efficient manner. And uh, that, that's, you know, we have really changed the, the GI Bill uh, and uh, the, the veterans' appeal process for health care uh, and, and um, their disabilities. So some really good things going on there. And my, and my hat's off to Chairman Rowe and uh, uh, Minority Ranking Member uh, Tim Walls. Uh, they have really built a very strong bipartisan uh, initiative within the Committee on Veteran Affairs. Well, and it's a welcomed relief for our, us observers who often see the gridlock there in Washington. But it has been some tough sledding on on some of those more major legislative items. I guess you could call them in the House. You were able to pass that health care reform bill. The Senate falling short even with that extended uh, session and postponing their recess, moving instead to a bipartisan fix to Obamacare after Labor Day, at least holding those hearings. Do you think that's the right route now that we've seen that the votes just aren't there in the Senate for a full repeal and replace? I, I do, John, and, and I'll tell you, I, I think I think the House would have been, I think the country would have been much better off had the House actually passed a, a singular bill to repeal and replace Obamacare. Uh, and that would have put the pressure on eight Democrats to come with and work in a bipartisan way with the Republicans in the Senate to, uh, to address health care, which uh, is is imploding all, all around Americans across this country, and uh, they need that assistance uh, in in us fixing this thing. And and I and I think where we created the the difficulty in the messaging is John, we we took the health care bill uh, for repeal and replacement, and basically in the House we broke it up into three pieces: the reconciliation piece, the regulatory piece and the legislative piece. And, and the reason we did that is because we were concerned about how the bill would be handled in the Senate with this 60-vote cloture uh, rule that they have for busting a, stopping a filibuster. And so basically you can't pass anything in the Senate without 60 votes. And, and so we, we busted our bill up into three distinct pieces so that we could pass the the piece that strips out the financial guts of ACA, we could pass that with just 51 votes in the House. The problem is, John, as as you've heard from the CBO, it creates a horrible scoring message. Uh, You know, the the C 
CBO is talking about, you know, tens of millions of people losing their health care, premiums going up. Well, wait, that's only one third of the program. Uh, you know, and, and of course, in fairness to them, they can only score the four corners of the document in front of them. But phase two and phase three is where a lot of the cost savings uh, and accessibility and fairness would have been built into the system. And, and we don't even get to talk about that yet. So through this bipartisan uh, discussion and committee hearings, I, I think all of those things can then come out. Well, and I think you and I could talk for a while and get into the weeds on health care. But, I, you know, an average listener, the, the person at home or driving in their car right now wants to know, what does this mean for me? Um, how does this health care debate ever translate into me getting lower premiums, better coverage, um, more access? How are we going to get to that, given the the factions within the House and the Senate? It seems like not too long. It seems like a while ago when the House was not able to get along because there were you know, three different groups of Republicans who couldn't meet in the middle. And now we're having that same issue in the Senate and the Senate hits a reset button. How does that make you feel on the House side when you now see, well, the, you know, Senate wants to start over and do a a bipartisan meet in the middle. What were we doing for the last four months? Well, look, I, I, I think, uh, look, the, the the first effort was to to pass it with a, with, with with a partisan uh, bent to it like the uh, Democrats did with ACA, uh, you know, the difference is they had 60 votes in the Senate. We don't. And, uh, we're, we're, heck, we can't even get 51 for, uh, for, for the reconciliation bill. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I think these hearings are the way to go. Start that bipartisan discussion. Uh, we're going to have to bring uh, some Democrats into this. Look, I, I, you know, Al Lawson and I have, have talked and, uh, you know, there's elements with, that within ACA that he thinks are important that we need to that, that we need to save. And and, uh, you know, we've tried to make sure that those remain in the bill and, and they did. And uh, so those are the kind of conversations that need to be going on in the open. Well, and it has been nice to see the relationship both of you have had on a number of issues um, across the board, just, you know, bringing in the the two sides of Northeast Florida's delegation there in Congress, which is a nice, um, refreshing scene. Now, lastly, I do want to ask you, the White House saying President Trump hasn't made a decision on whether to continue paying the subsidies out under Obamacare. Where do you stand on that? Do you want um, Obamacare to be propped up as long as it takes to get a repeal and replace um, figured out, or do you think that you should follow? You know the, what the president has said and let Obamacare collapse on its own by withdrawing those subsidies. Uh, listen, John, I, I don't think that's a viable option. That that to me that that's uh, that, that's kind of like letting the city burn down so we can rebuild it. Uh, people get hurt in that process, and um, yeah, you know, I've spent my entire adult life helping people. Uh, to stand by and, and watch uh, people uh, suffer for lack of accessibility and, and health care is not something that I'm willing to do. Congressman John Rutherford, we really appreciate you joining us today. It's 8.15 here on News 104.5 WOKV. We'll be 